Okay. Welcome to the San Francisco Planning Commission remote hearing for Thursday, December 17th, 2020, our last hearing of the year. On February 25th, 2020, the mayor declared a local state of emergency related to COVID-19. On April 3rd, 2020, the Planning Commission received authorization from the mayor's office to reconvene remotely through the end of the shelter in place. This will be our 32nd remote hearing. Congratulations, commissioners. Remote hearings require everyone's attention and most of all your patience. If you are not speaking, please mute your microphone and turn off your video camera. To enable public participation, SFGov TV is broadcasting and streaming this hearing live, and we will receive public comment for each item on today's agenda. Comments or opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available by calling 415-655-0001 and entering access code 146-671-8912. When we reach the item you are interested in speaking to, press star then three to be added to the queue. When you hear that your line has been unmuted, that is uh, your indicator to begin speaking. Each speaker will be allowed up to three minutes. And when you have 30 seconds remaining, you will hear a chime indicating your time is almost up. When your allotted time is reached, I will announce that your time is up and take the next person queued to speak. Best practices are to call from a quiet location, speak clearly and slowly and please mute the volume on your television or computer. I'd like to take a roll at this time, Commission President Koppel. Aye, I'm here. Commission Vice President Moore. Here. Commissioner Chan. Here. Commissioner Diamond. Here. Here. Commissioner Fung. Here. Commissioner Imperial. Here. And Commissioner Tanner. Thank you, commissioners. First on your agenda is consideration of items proposed for continuance. Item 1, case number 2014.0243 DRP, item 02 at 3927-3929 19th Street. A discretionary review at the time of issuance was proposed for continuance to um, January 14th, but is now being proposed for continuance to January 7th, as long as it remains on your consent calendar. If it does get pulled off of consent, it will be continued further into February. Item two, case number 2013.0846 DRP at 140 through 142 Jasper Place, a discretionary review is proposed for continuance to February 11th, 2021. Items 3A and B for case numbers 2020-00-6165 COA and VAR 292 Eureka Street Conditional use authorization and variants are proposed for indefinite continuances. Item four, case number 2016-000302 DRP at 460 Vallejo Street, discretionary review is also proposed for an indefinite continuance. Further commissioners, under your regular calendar, your agenda today has gotten significantly shorter. Item 11, case number 2019-020938 CUA for one Montgomery Street, a conditional use authorization is proposed for continuance to February 18th, 2021. In item 12, case number 2018-014795 ENX at 1560 Folsom Street, the large project authorization is proposed for continuance to January 21st, 2021. I have no other items proposed for continuance. And so we should open up public comment 
Members of the public, this is your opportunity to speak to the matters proposed for continuance only on the matter of continuance by pressing star then three. Um, oh, commissioners, I apologize. Um, February 11th for item two is a canceled hearing. So we need to change that to February uh, 18th, commissioners. So item two for Jasper Place is going to February 18th. Thank you for that reminder, Mr. Winslow. Um, so again, members of the public, this is your opportunity to speak to the matters proposed for continuance by pressing star then three to be entered into the queue. I do have one member of the public requesting to speak. You have two minutes. Thank you. Um, good afternoon, commissioners. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Thank you. Uh, I'm Tom Tunney of Ruben, Junius and Rose. On behalf of the project sponsor at One Montgomery, we've agreed to the proposed continuance. I just wanted to make two quick points concerning the continuance. This is being requested so we can discuss the project with the supervisor's office and interested parties and talk about how we can address their concerns. But while we're doing that, the project sponsor is paying $600,000 each month in carrying costs while this property remains vacant. This is money that could be spent on measures at the property addressing the concerns raised. In addition, we've worked very hard with staff particularly preservation staff on this proposal over many months. There are other banking hall proposals pending with the department and our proposal served as a precedent for these projects. So for both of these reasons, we, we ask that staff work with us to address these issues quickly. And we appreciate the uh, length of the continuance. We urge that it be kept at February 18th and we'll get right to work addressing concerns. Thank you. Okay, last call for public comment on the matters proposed to be continued. Seeing no additional requests to speak, commissioners, public comment is closed and the matter is now before you. Commissioner Imperial. Move to continue the items 1, 2, 3A, 3B, 4, 11, and 12 as scheduled. Second. Great. Thank you, commissioners. On that motion, then to continue items as proposed, Commissioner Tanner. Aye. Commissioner Chan. Aye. Commissioner Diamond. Aye. Commissioner Fung. Aye. Commissioner Imperial. Aye. Commissioner Moore. Aye. And Commission President Koppel. Aye. So moved, commissioners. That motion passes unanimously, seven to zero, and. I don't see the zoning administrator online. So Director Hillis, as the acting zoning administrator, could you please um, act on item 3B? If, um, as acting zoning administrator, we'll continue item 3B to the date specified. In, indefinitely. Indefinitely, sorry, thanks. Thank you. Commissioners, that'll place us On your consent calendar, uh, we have one item on consent. So that matter 
is considered to be routine by the Planning Commission and may be acted upon by a single roll call vote. There will be no separate discussion of this item unless a member of the Commission, the public or staff so requests, in which event the matter shall be removed from the consent calendar and considered as a separate item at this or a future hearing. Item five, case number 2020-003003 CUA at 1455 through 1459 Underwood, uh, a conditional use authorization. Members of the public, this is your opportunity to pull this matter off of consent by pressing star and three. Seeing no requests to speak at this time from the public commissioners, uh, and if there are no requests to pull this off of consent by a commissioner, the matter is now before you. Commissioner Fung. Move the approval of the last split. Second. Commissioners on that motion. Commissioner Tanner. Aye. Commissioner Chan. Aye. Commissioner Diamond. Aye. Commissioner Fung. Aye. Commissioner Imperial. Aye. Commissioner Moore. Aye. And Commission President Koppel. Aye. So moved, Commissioners. That motion passes unanimously, seven to zero, placing us under Commission matters. Item six consideration of adoption. Draft minutes for December 3rd, 2020. Members of the public, if you would like to speak to the minutes, please press star three to be entered into the queue. If you have one caller, you have two minutes. Oh, good afternoon, everybody. This is Georgia Shudish. Um, on the general public uh, comment on that day, uh, when I mentioned the Mary Brown study, and I sent all those slides, which you were kind enough to show, uh, the focus was on Barrel front Mediterranean revival homes. So uh, I may have mentioned that they should have been viewed as well as, as preservation as Victorian and, uh, and Edwardian. But my point was about the that specific style. So uh, if you could change those words, that would appreciate it. Thank you so very much. Bye. Take care. Thank you, Georgia. We can certainly make that amendment. Um, Seeing no other request to speak to the minutes, public comment is closed and they are now before you. Commissioner Chan. I move to adopt the minutes with the amendments. Second. Thank you, commissioners. On that motion then to adopt the minutes as will be amended, Commissioner Tan Tanner. Aye. Commissioner Chan. Aye. Commissioner Diamond. Aye. Commissioner Fung. Aye. Commissioner Imperial? Aye. Commissioner Moore? Aye. And Commission President Koppel? Aye. So move, Commissioners. That motion passes unanimously seven to zero. Item seven Commission comments and questions. So I wanted to start off by saying, wow, what a year. <laughs> Not only did we uh, start off the year with a new director and a new building a new home for our planning department, but we also conducted 32 online virtual hearings, which is astounding to me. Um, I, I can't thank everyone enough for being there for us, helping us and, and getting us to where we've been all year round. Uh, we also introduced our racial and social equity resolution centering around our work within the department um, and, and outwards as well. And then we will continue uh, that momentum uh, as soon as we start kicking off next year as well. Uh, 
And for those of you in the public, thanks for tuning in with us. Um, we're going through the same uh, situation you guys are at home. Uh, I, we haven't even met, all, the, all of us commissioners have not even met each other. Uh, some of the newer ones we haven't uh, come into contact with yet. So um, we're, we're all living virtually. And uh, thanks again for all your patience. I did want to thank all of the staff, the entire department, head to toe, A to Z, um, and especially uh, Christine, who's moved on, but was a huge help to us conducting the hearings as, as well as Chan and Josie. And I also do want to take a separate minute out to thank someone who has stepped up and literally made this whole year possible. He's not a commissioner. He has acted like one and stepped up and only us presidents or past presidents will know what a task it is to actually conduct the hearings. And Jonas Ionin has done this flawlessly, juggling all the commenters, all the, the time clocks, um, all the, the calendar and agenda changes. So I just wanted to send a special thanks to that guy because he has single-handedly made all this happen. Um, no slam on anybody else, but, but Jonas has just come through in, in such a way that we, I don't think any of us could have imagined. So personal thanks out to him. And then also, please, everyone take this time, commissioners, staff, uh, people of the public, just take a couple weeks and be safe and enjoy your holidays. And we will be back uh, soon uh, for 2021 and looking forward to it. Commissioner Moore. Uh, thank you, President Koppel. Uh, you so well summarized uh, my feelings. Uh, I want to send my holiday greetings to staff and thank you. We will miss the Christmas party. We all have this normally miss seeing new babies and everybody else, uh, uh, miss seeing our new commissioners in person for the first time, miss seeing your new digs, which none of us have really been in. Uh, so this is, these are strange times, but at least we have the media. If we wouldn't have them, we would be worse off. And I do want to echo your feelings and thank you to Jonas. He has done an amazing job. I hope that MSNBC or ABC are not going to hire him away because he is doing such a great job. Uh, so uh, I have mentioned it to him before, but uh, he, he is a message carrier and it made it easy for us to emulate a lighthearted, well-functioning meeting. Thanks to all commissioners, uh, new and uh, of longer tenure. Uh, it has been a great year. Uh, I know we have, we all muster circumstances that make it harder to really communicate because we are only virtual, but I think everybody has really done a great job and I appreciate uh, the diversity. I appreciate the strengths of everybody's positions and I have learned a lot. Thanks to everybody and happy holidays. Happy holidays to the public uh, who is uh, listening to today's uh, meeting. Okay, if there are no further requests to speak from commissioners, uh, thank you for those kind words, commissioners, but um, I can't reiterate enough how much uh, how or how important the team behind me is to make this happen. So thank you for that. Commissioners, um, that will place us under department matters, item eight, director's announcements. Uh, just thank you for the for those words. Again, I think um, it's it's amazing you all have been willing to kind of jump into and take on major issues during an extremely 
challenging time for us all and, and for, for all San Franciscans. So thank you for continuing to push on kind of major policy issues around uh, equity, around housing, and around economic recovery. Um, it, it's been a challenging year, but but I think you've all shown, you know, we can't stand still and we've got to we got to continue to to push on the challenges we face. So thank you. I did want to note something we talked about earlier before the meeting. You may have seen um, the mayor's budget instructions or 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 articles on the mayor's budget instructions. The mayor's office has asked us to come to them with a seven and a half percent general fund reduction, and then a two and a half percent contingency. So in essence, kind of plan for a ten percent reduction. So we'll be coming to you. We'll have a series of meetings or a couple of meetings at the commission. I, I think one January 21st or the 14th. So next month, we'll start to, to talk to you about that. And we've got the general fund reduction to deal with as, as well as kind of the impact that we're seeing on our, our fee revenue. So we'll talk more about that. And that's all I have to report. Thank you. Commissioner Mark. I have a question that probably echoes other people's uh, uh, question as well. Uh, there is no way of avoiding the mandate for that reduction. If we would find some convincing arguments that we can really only contribute 6%, like I'm making up a number here to the general fund, uh, there's no way of avoiding uh, the, the, the bar she has set. Correct. I mean, I think if we can, if we can, you know, fill that reduction with other sources of revenue, that's a way to do it. Um, but the, the city's facing a $650 million shortfall over the next two years. Um, so it's, it's, you know, obviously incredibly challenging across the entire city and every department's being asked to, to carry their weight and, and come up with a general fund reduction along the same lines that we're being asked to do. So your answer is no? Yes, correct, no. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Commissioner Tanner. Do you know off the top of your head, Director Hillis, what percentage of our department's budget does come from the general fund? I understand we do collect quite a bit of revenue from fees and, and permits and things like that. Yeah, it's fairly low. It's it's under 20%. So it's about, you know, six, $7 million on a $50 million dollar budget. So the majority of our revenues come from fees, which, you know, at least for the first half of this year or the first five and a half months of this year are, you know, we're seeing fee reductions of low of more than 10%. Um, we anticipate that to change. Obviously we're in a, we're in a unique period here. So that's going to be part of our challenges is estimating what our fee revenue will be for next year. Okay. And then just on another topic, the Prop H implementation, do we anticipate hearing more about how that's going maybe in the new year? I know there's a 30-day kind of executive directive and we'll hear updates regarding that. Absolutely. We'll come back and, and talk to you either during director's report or we'll, we'll calendar an item, but we're, we're obviously, you know, enmeshed in that now and working with other agencies to meet those timelines. Thank you. Okay, seeing no additional questions to the director, we can move on to item nine, review of past events at the Board of Supervisors, Board of Appeals, and the Historic Preservation Commission. 
Good afternoon, Commissioners. Aaron Starr, Manager of Legislative Affairs. <clears throat> this week, the Land Use Committee considered an ordinance sponsored by the Mayor and Supervisor Mandelman to extend the deadline for MCDs to convert to cannabis retail. Commissioners, you waived your opportunity to hear this item because it was essentially fixing an oversight from our previous ordinance that you approved last year. That ordinance extended the temporary sales of adult use cannabis at MCDs. The Office of Cannabis presented at the hearing and there was no public comment. The committee then made some clerical amendments and recommended the ordinance to the full board as a committee report. Next, the committee held a hearing on strategies the city can pursue to maximize cre creation of affordable housing on public lands. The hearing was called by Supervisor Preston with the purpose of discussing housing on public sites in the wake of the Balboa Reservoir approval. He wanted to have a better understanding about the process and criteria for providing affordable housing on public land and to provide this explanation to his constituents. During the hearing, OEWD and MOHCD staff did the presentation while planning staff was available for questions. Uh, staff described the difference between surplus properties and joint development sites, the development criteria that MOHCD uses to determine appropriate sites for 100% affordable housing and also provided a case study of 1950 Mission Street. During the hearing, all the supervisors expressed concern about the need uh, to meet affordable housing goals, tracking units on public site, land banking, ensuring uh, we make the most of the land resources we have, taking stock of surplus public sites, and arena goals were all discussed as well. There was over two and a half hours of public comment on this hearing. Um, the testimony was primarily by members of the public expressing concern over the lack of affordable housing in the city. Um, a future hearing will be called to discuss surplus property and uncover what is and isn't on the surplus property list. At the full board this week, the landmark designation for the Royal Baking Company at 4767 Mission passed its second read. And Supervisor Ronan's ordinance for light manufacturing and wholesale storage uses in the 24th Street Mission Street Neighbor Commercial District passed its first read. Uh, the board also heard the appeal for 552 Hill Street. Um, this, this appeal was actually withdrawn, so the CU was upheld. Um, the project sponsor has revised the project to negate the need for a CU and by keeping the two code compliant units. Also on the docket was the CEQA appeal for 1776 Green Street. The proposed development project is a two-story vertical addition and a change of use from an automobile repair use to a five residential units. This project has a long history uh, with several continuances, but was ultimately put on hold in February of this year, pending the outcome of the CEQA appeal. The appeal of the CEQA exemption for this project was actually related to the remediation work beneath the sidewalk in front of the property. At this week's board hearing, the appeal was withdrawn and the CEQA exemption upheld. Our environmental team still needs to issue a new CEQA clearance for the development project, at which point you can come back to this commission for review and approval. The date of the new hearing is still pending. Um, Supervisor Peskin, oh, and then finally, I'm sorry, uh, the mayor's and Mandelman's uh, cannabis use ordinance uh, passed its first read. Finally, Supervisor Peskin introduced an 18-month interim control that would require conditional use authorization for projects that do not maximize density in RC, RM, and RTO zoning districts. The controls would allow for an expansion of up to 25% for existing buildings, so long as those units did not exceed 2,000 square feet. As this is an interim control, it will not come to you for review. However, any permit controls would. This item will be considered by the board in the new year and apply to any pending projects. 
And that concludes my report. And I just want to wish you a very happy holidays and hoping 2021 is better than this year. But thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Starr, for that report. Um, on behalf of the Deputy Zoning Administrator, I do have a report for the Board of Appeals. They met last night, and there are two items to report. First, Tina Chan was sworn in as a commissioner in uh, last week and attended her first hearing last night. Commissioner Chang was uh, appointed by Board President Norman Yee, and she previously worked as a senior planner with the Planning Department from 2013 through 2017. Congratulations, Commissioner Chang. Second, the board heard two appeals of a building permit application for an addition at 2515 Broadway. The Planning Commission heard two DR requests for this permit in September of 2018, and at that hearing took DR and removed one window from the sidewall of the building to address the privacy concerns of one of the DR requesters. The appellants raised a variety of issues, including allegations that the permit resulted in the demolition of the building, lacked sufficient structural details, and that the proposed windows would impact their privacy. The board found that the permit was properly approved and code compliant and unanimously upheld the permit and denied the appeals. The Historic Preservation Commission met yesterday as well. They adopted their 2021 hearing schedule um, and reviewed and commented um, the preservation alternatives in advance of publication of the draft environmental impact report of the project at 770 Woolsey Street. Um, and that will eventually come before you all, commissioners. Uh, among other items, the most significant was an informational presentation of the Golden Gate Observation Wheel um, by uh, the Rec and Park staff. And uh, it centered primarily around the impacts of the light, uh, the lights associated with it, and as well as the noise from the generated required to operate it, um, as well as the relief that it provided uh, neighborhoods in this COVID-centric era we're living in. So if there are no questions, commissioners, uh, we can move on in your agenda to general public comment. At this time, members of the public may address the commission on items of interest to the public that are within the subject matter jurisdiction of the commission except agenda items. With respect to agenda items, your opportunity to address the commission will be afforded when the item is reached in the meeting. Each member of the public may address the commission for up to three minutes. When the number of speakers exceed the 15 minute limit, general public comment may be moved to the end of the agenda. Members of the public, this is your opportunity to enter the queue by pressing star, then three. Ms. Shudish. Yes. yes, hi, Mr. Yonan. Thank you, and thank uh, Ms. Son and Ms. Feliciano, and of course, Christine, even though she's gone, for all your help. Uh, I just ask that you just show the slides that I sent. Oh, hi, how are you? I see you there. Um, just show them as you will, willy-nilly. Um, what do I want to say about these slides? Well. They're all uh, extreme alterations, there's 25 of them, and what do they have in common? What are their common characteristics? First of all, they look like a demolition, or at least what common sense would tell someone is a demolition, um, even though they're alterations. Uh, they all seem to have horizontal and vertical expansions with facade obliteration and change of the facade. And these all started in 2014 till now. Um, they usually raise the original house off of the foundation. 
They have uh, extensive full lot excavations that remove a great amount of soil. They sanitize the rear yard, removing carbon capturing ability, and they often require underpinning of neighborhood foundations, neighboring foundations. They always have an inefficient use of interior space, creating large kitchens surrounded by uh, ancillary living space. If they have these excavations, the ground or subterranean levels are either fifth bedroom or media room with a wine fridge and a wet bar type of setup as the second unit kitchen, if there's been a second unit approved, or if there was a second unit there to begin with and then they have to keep it, but they didn't. And you try to take care of that with a flat policy. Most of these, the majority are spec projects. They're flipped upon completion or the entitlements are sold midway through prior to the CFC. None of these were reviewed by the commission. Uh, the demo calcs are either not provided to the staff readily, sometimes they have to ask for two or three NOPDRs to get the demo calcs, or they're often adjusted during the work of the uh, demo calcs, of the, of the project, and, uh, but they don't cross the threshold. Um, what happens? Well, relative affordability is lost and neighborhood character is lost at the site and also in the, in, the, in the neighborhood and even in the city. And that was kind of what I said back in 2014 when I started this adventure with this. And I think they lead to uh, an increased uh, development pressure and certainly increased price inflation. And while the uh, underlying zoning may have some bearing uh, I don't think it's as important as 317B2D, which is the ability that the Commission has. It's your sovereignty to adjust the demo calc. So I'll leave it at that. Let's hope everybody has a great holiday. Uh, Merry Christmas. Thanks to the staff for everything, and good wishes for everyone in 2021. And take good care and be safe. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Shudish. Members of the public, last call for general public comment. You need to press star then three to be entered into the queue. Commissioners, I have no additional members of the public requesting to speak at this time, so general public comment is closed and we can move on to your regular calendar. For item 10, case number 2019-021182CUA at 478 27th Avenue and 6210 Gary Boulevard, this is a conditional use authorization. Staff, are you prepared to make your presentation? Uh, yes, Jonas. Um, may I share my screen? I'm making you the presenter now. Good afternoon, Commissioners. Mary Woods of Department Staff. Uh, what you see on the screen is the layout of the project site. It involves two lots, uh, 478 27th Avenue on lot 24 and 6210 Geary on lot 41. And also in the picture is just a general layout of where the existing sunken below grade play area is. The project sponsor is requesting conditional use authorization to demolish the existing single family building at 478 27th Avenue. A CU is also required for a development lot size since both lots when combined exceeds 9,999 square feet. 
and a conditional use is also required for parking structure on both the NC district for 6210 Gary and the RH2 zoning district for 478 27th Avenue. The proposed project consists of two components, I'm sorry, two components, the construction of a new four unit building plus one accessory dwelling unit at 478 27th Avenue a new one-story subterranean parking structure where the location of the existing second play area is. This play area will be raised and elevated to above the new parking structure to be level with Gary Boulevard. Vehicle access to this new subterranean parking structure is from the ground floor driveway at 478 27th Avenue. The new play area will also be used as a surface parking lot for the church during non-school hours. The site currently has a K through 12 school run by the another church. I'm sorry, run by the St. John's um, school. So the project requires conditional use for development lot size exceeding 9,999 square feet, residential demo of the single unit building, and parking use in both the residential and neighborhood commercial districts. In order for the project to proceed, the commission will need to grant all three of these CU requests. Since last week's commission packet distribution, Staff has received two letters in opposition to the project. One of the letters is from a neighbor who had previously called the department. The department's recommendation is to approve with conditions. The department finds the project is necessary and desirable and is on balance consistent with the objectives of the general plan. Although the project results in the loss of one dwelling unit, the project will provide four net new units. The project will preserve a longstanding institution and allow the church to continue to help its parish and care for its numerous guests and members, especially the most vulnerable amongst them who have difficulty walking long distance and would be prohibited from attending their place of worship. The project will also provide some relief for the demand for additional parking in the neighborhood. This concludes my summary of the project and I'm available for any questions. Thank you. Thank you, Mary. Uh, is the project sponsor prepared to make their presentation? Yes, I am. Okay, you have five minutes. Thank you, Jonas. Ladies and gentlemen of the commission, Mary, could you bring the first slide up, please? That's not it. Mary, the PowerPoint. That's it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen of the commission, my name is Vitaly Troyan. I am the uh, treasurer of the Holy Virgin Community. Next slide, Mary. <clears throat> this is the Holy Virgin Cathedral. It's the church that was built in 1965. Uh, my wife and I were the second couple that were married here in 1966. 
and I'm kind of proud of that record. Mary, please proceed to the next slide. So today what I want to do is I want to quickly mention who we are, what the project is, why the project will benefit both the community and the church, and the kind of outreach and support that we have. So the first question is, who are we? We are the Russian Orthodox Church, which consists of a church, a bookstore, two different schools, and 18 units of senior housing on adjacent lots. We have morning and evening services every day with two liturgies on Sundays, or at least we used to before COVID put severe restrictions on our church services. Uh, the statistics for our church are shown in the next four bullets, but I would particularly like to call your attention to the last three ones. 150 attendees at each of two Sunday liturgies, with a pro over half of our parishioners being over 65 years old, and approximately half of the parishioners is commuting from outside the city to attend services at this church, which is the center of Russian Orthodoxy in the Western United States. Next slide, please, Mary. The proposed project, as Ms. Woods explained, uh, is to construct four senior housing units and one accessory dwelling unit, senior housing accessory dwelling unit, with vehicular access to an underground structure at Gary at 6210 Gary. The second part of the project is to raise the play yard next to the church and provide off-street parking spaces underneath the playground. Uh, each of the projects would be fairly straightforward on its own. The complex part and the part that's creating the need for conditional use permits is the fact that the two projects are being combined. Next slide, please. This is an architecture rendering with the church being on the right and the building labeled building A in the background is the proposed new senior housing, the five units of senior housing, which fronts onto 27th Avenue. The parcel labeled B is a playground, an existing playground next to the church. The existing playground is about 10 feet below street level, so it's kind of a sunken area, kind of dark, uh, not the most desirable area around. Next slide, please. So this is what the proposed senior housing would look like from 27th Avenue. It's a building that matches the character of the existing neighborhood. We're very proud of the fact that we try to be good neighbors and that backing onto this project is an 18 unit senior housing project that looks like three separate typical Richmond buildings. If you drove by it, you would never know it was an 18 unit building. And so we've taken great care to blend into the neighborhood. Next slide, please. The building itself at the ground level will contain the lobby, circulation and utility spaces. And because of the difference in elevations, we will have the ability to drive through this building to the subterranean parking at 6210 Gary. We also get one bonus senior ADU facing the rear yard. On the two upper levels, we'll have a one-bedroom and three two-bedroom senior unit. As I mentioned, the height and the mass of the building are similar to existing buildings in the neighborhood. And of course, the senior housing will be available to everybody 
on a first come first serve basis. Next slide, please. <laughs> Returning to the slide showing the architectural rendering of the project, I want to take a look at B, which is the of the existing play yard. Next slide, please. What we would do is we would raise the existing play yard to street level, which would allow the construction of 21 parking spaces underneath the play yard. The play yard itself could be used for overflow parking on Saturday nights and Sunday mornings for church services. The play yard itself would be screened from Geary Boulevard by a decorative wall, so it would not be visible to passersby from Geary Boulevard. Next slide, please. We consider this project to be a win-win for the church, the neighborhood, and the city as a whole. It adds five units. Of, was that a bell for 30 seconds? Or is that that's, somebody's? That's actually your time. That is your five minutes. Okay, we add five units of senior housing, high in infill high density. We're taking 38 parking spaces off the street. We're Sir, we're going to have to cut you off. I, I, if I give you extra time, I have to give everyone else extra time. Thank we you. we may you have questions for you, and, and we're not shutting you down. We just Thank you. stop it now. Could you show the next slide and just leave it at that? Thank you. That concludes the project sponsor presentation, and we should open it up to public comment. Again, members of the public, this is your opportunity to address the commission on this matter by pressing star and three to enter the queue. Through the chair, members of the public will have two minutes to speak. Could you take the slideshow down? It's still up. Or show the next slide. It is. Caller, are you prepared to submit your testimony? Caller? Hello? Yes. Hello. Um, yes, I'm prepared. Go ahead. Um, my name is Keegan Thompson, and I live in the neighborhood quite close to the church and the bookstore and the, the community that's being involved in this project. I'd like to point out that on the weekends, Saturday night, Sunday mornings, it's very difficult to find um, on-street parking for those of us who live in the neighborhood. And I'd be supportive of this project as it would pull um, 38 um, on-street parking um, spaces off the, off the street uh, for those that are attending the church and it frees it up for those of us who live in the neighborhood. Uh, I think it would be a win-win for both the church community and the local uh, residents and also for the businesses in the neighborhood who there's a lot of restaurants in the neighborhood um, that um, hopefully when COVID um, kind of um, goes away, uh, will be attracting um, their normal clientele from outside the neighborhood. So um, I think this is a win-win for the community and I, I voice my um, support for this project. Hi there, my name is Kathy Astromoff. Can you hear me? We can. Great. Hi, I'm Kathy Astromoff. Um, I'm calling in support of this project. Uh, my mother-in-law, who is, uh, has lived in San Francisco since the late 40s, uh, and she's now over 90 years old, is no, no longer able to live in her own house in the sunset, 
Uh, instead, she moved into the Holy Virgin community's existing senior housing on 26th Avenue. This has allowed her to live near church, which is amazing that she can hear those bells, uh, and also um, among friends and acquaintances where she's comfortable and can safely, in a COVID era, receive visitors. I, I hope that you approve this project. Please approve this project and let the church build more senior housing to serve our aging population. Hello, can you hear me? We can. Hi, this is, uh, my name is Julia Paramonoff. I'm the principal of St. John's Academy, a fully accredited K through 12 school, which is located on the church property. We function on the, we've been functioning on the church property for 27 years, and we are looking forward to having the play area raised to, to street level. Currently the play area next to the church, which we use Monday through Friday when we have, when school is in session and when our students are on campus, um, is sunk below street level and it is small and shaded. So we're hoping that by raising it to street level, it would make it larger and let our children play in the sunshine. And we, I ask that you please approve this project. Hello, this is Sergei Fedefel. I uh, live in Pacifica and I attend church on a, every weekend, um, COVID restrictions permitting. I have two children, aged uh, four and two, and uh, we're expecting our third baby with my um, wife at present. We've uh, often come across a situation where a parking is uh, rarely available on Sunday morning and Saturday nights when we try to attend uh, the services. We've uh, even resorted sometimes to me you know, letting my wife out at the entrance and me circling around the block several times and multiple blocks in the neighborhood trying to find parking. Usually it's uh, very tiresome. And uh, sometimes we've, you know, in, in poor weather, we've even had to turn around and leave for home because there was no parking available. And uh, you know, my wife didn't feel like she wanted uh, me uh, to park the car somewhere far from the church. Um, so I would like uh, to support this project uh, with all our family. We would uh, benefit significantly if there's additional parking. Uh, if this project is approved, we can continue to attend church in a regular manner on Sunday mornings and Saturday um, nights. Thank you. Yes, my name is Konstantin Kolobov. My wife and I live in Arinda and come into church on Sundays. Uh, we're both over 80 years old and have problems walking long distances. Uh, we had to cut back on going to church because of the lack of parking in the area. Uh, providing off-street parking would allow us to go to church more often and would make church more accessible to us. Uh, please approve this project so older people like us can find peace in our church. Thank you. Hello, my name is Victor Colosso. I'm a resident of the Richmond District in San Francisco. I'm a member of, of the Holy Virgin community. I sing in the choir uh, at least two plus times a week. Uh, it is absolutely necessary that we have additional parking available so I can attend services without being tardy. Uh, due to trying to find a place to park. I'm also a member of the organizing committee 
that built uh, the 18 units that are on 26th Avenue. I want to uh, let you know that this, this particular project has been an outstanding success for our senior community. Two-thirds of the residents are from the Russian organ, uh, American community, and one-third are of the community. I ask that you please approve the building of additional five units so that we can continue to serve our aging populace in San Francisco. Thank you very much. Hmm. Hello, this is Anastasia Yovanopoulos. I'm Greek Orthodox. And um, if the project sponsors can work out additional parking for all the church members to be able to attend, that would be great. I'm hoping that they can do that. And I'm also hoping, hoping that these additional five units would be accessible to people of low and fixed incomes. Thank you. Hello, my name is Kevin Casey. I am president of the Russian American Community Services. It's a service that serves seniors in throughout the Richmond District and San Francisco and also the Sunset District. We serve over 200 meals a day uh, to these seniors. Uh, many of our seniors live in around the cathedral. They want to live there. Uh, they want to be able to access church. Uh, parking is a challenge for making our deliveries, so anything done to increase parking in the area would be very, very helpful to help us deliver those meals to those seniors. In addition, many of our seniors that don't live close to the cathedral have expressed concerns or issues that they would like to live uh, near the cathedral. So this creates a great opportunity if we can get more seniors in and around that area, makes our deliveries more efficient and uh, better for our seniors. Thank you so much. Caller, are you prepared to submit your testimony? Yes. Go ahead. You may want to mute your computer or television. Sorry, repeat. Go ahead, ma'am. You have two minutes. Hello? Yes. You're going to let me know when I can speak? Now would be your opportunity to speak, ma'am. Okay. Yes. Hello. My name is Natalie Sabonik, and I'm the president of the Congress of Russian Americans. Um, we are the a national organization, and we have the voice of the Russian Americans because we're headquartered in San Francisco. I feel uh, especially that we could represent the Russian American community here. We feel that it is imperative to have a senior housing project built near the church. Most of these um, seniors were there to to build a church in the 60s, so I think it's imperative that we do um, um, vote for this permit for the housing and especially the parking structure as well. Thank you for this opportunity to speak, and I, I hope this does go through. Thank you. Hi there. My name is Samar Musle. I work at St. John's Academy, uh, the school that's in next to the potential parking lot structure. I wanted to say that providing underground parking would really help the neighborhood by reducing the competition for on-street parking. I've been commuting to the school. I've been for 17 years back and forth going to the school in the area. 
and worked there for the last seven years, and finding parking has been such a struggle. But the entire project sounds wonderful and will help so many people, seniors, neighbors, like all of us, and I please approve this project. Okay, members of the public, last call for public comment. Press star then three to be entered into the queue. Commissioners, I see no members of the public uh, requesting to speak at this time. So public comment is closed and the matter is now before you. Commissioner Diamond. Um. I think this is a wonderful project. Um, it has so many features that benefit not only the church, but the community, senior housing, additional parking, um, and the at-grade playground. Really kudos to the church. It takes a lot for a nonprofit to figure out how to put together a project like this, and I move to approve. Second. Uh, Commissioner Fung. Commissioner Fung, you may be muted. Yeah. I am also supportive of the project. The community benefits are substantial, and uh, we hope it uh, gets uh, implemented as soon as possible. Commissioner Imperial. Um, thank you. Um, I'm also generally supportive of this project, but I do have um, one question um, just out of curiosity to the project sponsor regarding the senior housing. Um, I'm wondering um, if it was a five um, looks like five proposed units and there were already existing 18 units senior housing. Are, are these senior units, um, can you talk more about the senior housing, whether it is mainly for the parishioners or is this something that is out to the public as well? Am I unmuted? <laughs> Yes, Commissioner, the, uh, the housing is open to all. The 18 mm -hmm. units of senior housing currently has about two thirds, uh, two thirds of the people there are parishioners, one third of people from outside. We have three or four people who are section eight. Mm -hmm. uh, we reach out to the community and try to be good neighbors for everybody. As I said, the housing is open to all and as will the new housing. So the five units will be, I assume, will be put out in the lottery system, they'll be open to all. Yes. Oh, I see. Thank you very much. I'm also in supportive of in where the play area will be raised parallel to the street level, and yeah, just like other commissioners, I would second the motion. Commissioner Moore, I'm very much in support of the project, and I would hope, if at all possible, that as a churches find solution like this because it is on that level where small amounts of housing is set aside for particularly vulnerable parts of our population and ties to the purpose of community building, community gathering, as this one does. I very much appreciate all uh, parishes who weighed in and uh, I'm in strong support of this project. Commissioner Tanner. Want to add my support for the project and just building on Commissioner Moore's um, comments. I think this is the type of project I hope we do see more of, both in terms of the scale, 
um, making really smart use of space and making improvements that help the seniors, help the community, help the children who are students at the school, and just really all around, um, just a really well, well thought out and executed project. And um, having projects at this scale throughout the city really will enhance our neighborhoods. And I, I look forward to more congregations finding ways to, to follow the lead um, of this, this faith community. Thank you, commissioners. Seeing no additional requests from commissioners to comment. There is a motion that has been seconded to approve this matter with conditions on that motion. Commissioner Tanner? Aye. Commissioner Chan? Aye. Commissioner Diamond? Aye. Commissioner Fung? Aye. Commissioner Imperial? Aye. Commissioner Moore? Aye. And Commission President Koppel? Aye. So moved, commissioners. That motion passes unanimously. Seven to go. Placing us, commissioners, back on your regular calendar and as items 11 and 12 have been continued, item 13, case number 2019-016388 CUA at 1760 Ocean Avenue. This is a conditional use authorization. Please note that on October 1st, 2020, after hearing and closing public comment, you continued this matter to November 5th, 2020 by a vote of six to zero. It was then further continued without hearing to this date uh, and Commissioner Tanner, you were not seated when it was first heard. And, and so in order to participate today, you need to acknowledge that you've reviewed the previous hearing and materials. Yes, yes I have reviewed the previous hearing and materials. Thank you, Commissioner Tanner. Uh, staff, I see you are prepared to present. And as this is the second hearing, typically uh, we restrict project sponsors presentation to three minutes and public comment to one minute. Mr. Horn. <clears throat> Thank you, Jonas. Good afternoon, President Cobble, members of the commission, Jeff Horn, planning department staff. As mentioned, this item um, before you is a request for conditional use authorization for a project located at 1760 Ocean Avenue. And this was heard and continued from the October 1st, 2020 planning commission. To summarize the project, uh, the project site is located at the intersection of Ocean Avenue and Dorado Terrace in Balboa Park. The project seeks conditional use authorization to establish a health services use for a dialysis clinic within a currently vacant 15,312 square foot commercial space. The proposal will involve interior tenant improvements to provide 36 treatment stations, one isolation treatment station, six exam rooms, three staff offices, uh, and supporting areas. The product would replace a 24 chair dialysis clinic that is located at the adjacent commercial space uh, by the same operator. The product would also retain 42 existing off street parking spaces at, a, uh, at, the at the property within a garage located on Dorado Terrace and will be served by an existing loading zone bulbin on Ocean Avenue. At this location, Ocean Avenue has two westbound lanes, which are separated by a pedestrian island used as a muni loading platform. The project uh, proposes to operate Monday through Saturday from the hours of 5 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. The sponsor seeks conditional use authorization to operate in that earliest hour from 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. At the October 1st, 2020 uh, hearing, the planning commission continue the project to allow the sponsor additional time to prepare exhibits that show scale drawings of the existing and expanded loading and transit vehicle queuing conditions on Ocean Avenue, 
to prepare a section drawing of the Dorado Terrace off-street parking garage with a typical paratransit vehicle, to revise the driveway loading operations plan, uh, to provide findings for the request to operate with a 5 a.m. start time, and to expo explore facade and aesthetic improvements to the project. Uh, it was also continued to allow for additional outreach to the neighbors and supervisor use office. Uh, a memo to the commission has been provided to respond to these items. In regards to the Ocean Avenue loading, the sponsor engaged an engineering firm to meet with SFMTA, tra uh, TransDev, the paratransit operator, and Public Works to review the potential street improvements to Ocean Avenue that would increase the amount of loading available to the proposed project. Attached to the memo are scale drawings showing the existing conditions and a pro proposal to add a second 40-foot, 4-inch long accessible loading area on Ocean Avenue. Uh, last Thursday, uh, the sponsor met with TransDev and SFMTA staff again, um, and currently a site visit is being organized to further explore, explore the details of these proposed improvements. Um, uh, prior to the October 1st hearing, Supervisor Yi submitted to the commission a letter with recommended conditions of approval to be included with the project's approval. Uh, the project sponsor has submitted a written response to these conditions from the supervisor uh, and is in agreement to the requested conditions, except for the request for the project to establish a cap and a phased approach to increasing the number of patients served and their defenses within their um, written response. Uh, should the commission choose to amend the projects by adopting any of the conditions of approval recommended within, uh, by Supervisor Yi, uh, staff prepared a summary of the conditions of approval that currently exist in the draft motion and potential new conditions of approval that provide the supervisor's recommendations in a implementable and enforceable manner. Uh, to summarize these, to address the proposed condition uh, to adequately address issue of proper and sufficient safe loading, and number four, commitment to regular ongoing community and neighborhood engagement, the department recommends a Revision be made to con the condition of approval requiring a driveway loading and operations plan. The language proposed in uh, the memo would replace the condition of approval as written in the draft motion. Uh, the main difference would be the addition of a requirement for community engagement with the drafting of the plan. Um, also, would like to reference that the request to ensure continued engagement, uh, engaged outreach with the neighbors that the draft motion currently includes condition of approval number 22, which requires the project sponsor to maintain a community liaison for the project. Uh, to address uh, proposed condition number two from Supervisor Yee's letter to establish a cap and a phased approach to increasing the number of patients served, the department recommends a condition of approval that controls the installation of the medical treatment chairs a control on the total patients at a daily level would be difficult, if not infeasible, for planning staff to monitor and enforce. An alternative approach would be the controlling of the installation of the chairs to ensure a specific number of patients cannot be seen on a specific day. Uh, and then to address the proposed condition, the assignment of a dedicated, atten dedicated attendant to support traffic flow and patient boarding and offboarding of paratransit vehicles. The draft motion includes condition of approval number 14, and this condition was read into the record during my presentation at the October 1st hearing. And to address proposed condition number five, the monitoring and assessment with six months evaluation and one year report, the department recommends a condition of approval 
that intends to provide a requirement for the operator to provide a report back to the Planning Commission on traffic and loading conditions, regardless of a requirement that the uh, this could be added in regardless of whether the requirement for the facility um, stays in of a maximum amount of approved medical chairs be adopted. Uh, there were additional items from the continuance to also be discussed. Uh, per request of the commission, the sponsor created a scaled section drawing uh, showing a typical paratransit vehicle in relation to the entrance of the parking structure on Dorado Terrace. In addition to the section drawing, uh, planning staff included photographs of the existing conditions of the garage. Uh, to note, in addition to the exterior height limit of eight feet, two inches, internally, the clearance is further reduced to seven feet, four inches due to utility uh, conduit that is attached to the ceiling of the structure. The clearance limitations make it seem that it's very, um, it seems to be very infeasible for a paratransit vehicle to use a parking structure in any manner based on the typical height of nine feet, three inches of these vehicles. Uh, in regards to facade improvements, the project sponsor has stated that the building owner has agreed to repaint the facade of the building and provide a new landscaping at the entry. Uh, the sponsor feels that this will help to freshen up the appearance of the building and the tenant will be providing new signage under separate permit. Um, in regards to the 5 a.m. operational start time, the product sponsor To, to operate at 5 a.m. to allow the, the clinic to get the first patients into the clinic and completed with their treatment prior to rush hour. Uh, also of note is the existing facility also currently operates at 5 a.m. and they have an existing amount of patients who are using that time, um, time frame to start their um, procedures. Um, also included in the product sponsor's brief was an updated draft of the driveway loading and operations plan. At the Ocean Avenue Homeowners Association sent the commissioners an email yesterday with the final comments on the project. Uh, with outstanding, outstanding concerns on the hours of operation and seeking assurances on the timing and monitoring of traffic improvements. Uh, with this, uh, this concludes my update and I'm available for any questions. Thank you, Mr. Horn. Um, I'm not sure what happened, but Mr. Hansel, your connection somehow changed where I can no longer unmute you. The system is not recognizing uh, a microphone with your um, entry into the hearing. Um, I see, oh, there it is. There you go. There you go. I just... Yeah, you're gonna need to mute your computer or your phone, and you have three minutes. Mr. Hansel, your slides are up. Uh, Mr. Hansel, you are not audible if you are making your presentation, but you are muted on my end. Hello, can you hear me? We can now, you have three. Okay, sorry about that. I was, there were some technical problems here. Okay, should I give a short presentation? Your time is running. Okay, um, so uh, thank you commissioners for uh, hearing my case. Uh, as Mr. Horn said, this is a dialysis clinic that we're proposing for an existing vacant space. Um, we have 
been through this process a few times. We've met with the neighbors to try to alleviate a lot of the concerns that they have. Um, one of the major concerns of this particular site is traffic. Um, we've engaged a um, we've engaged a uh, civil engineer in the area to look at a potential way that we can uh, increase loading area um, so to allow the transit the paratransit vehicles to park on Ocean Avenue and uh, you know not block traffic, which has been the main issue with the existing clinic that's operating at 1728 uh, Ocean Avenue. Um, that's essentially all I have for the for my presentation. Okay. If that concludes sponsor's presentation, we should go to public comment. Members of the public, this is your opportunity to address this matter uh, by pressing star then three to be entered into the queue. We do have several callers and you will ha each have one minute. My name is Shirley Lima, and um, I just wanted to make a correction on Jeffrey Horn's statement. Um, I actually, um, the email that you guys received last night was representing the HOA, um, which is the 26 residents that are above the project. Um, as of last night, there hasn't been an agreement on two items, and I wanted to bring those up. So in order for us to be happy, safe, and operational, um, we need um, one, we need a decline on the 5 a.m. start time. Um, the hours of operation, as we stated before, should be 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. There are four units that face Ocean Avenue and a 5 a.m. time is not feasible for residents trying to sleep because the vans backing up make loud beeping sounds. So at first, the Fresenia stated they needed a 5 a.m. because it would allow for traffic to not stack up, but we pointed out that traffic running is running eastbound down Ocean during the morning. There's no traffic running westbound, which is the side that Fresenius is on. Then they came back last night and said that the reason why they wanted a 5 a.m. was because their patients wanted it. We're just not sure how many patients would really take a 5 a.m. appointment, so we'd like to just really consider that. And also, we'd like to um, Thank make you. That sure is your that, time. Um, make sure that Ocean Avenue That's gets your time, the traffic minutes. Hi, um, my name is Peter Tam, um, and I would I understand that with the intention of the approval that there be an incorporation of a revocation due to a violation of conditions. Um, the same uh, notes were incorporated into a project at 2765 16th Street, um, and so it, it states that in paragraph 14, revocation due to violation of conditions should implementation of this project result in complaints from interested property owners, residents and commercial leases, which are not resolved by the project sponsor and found to be in violation of the planning code and or the specific conditions of approval for the project as set forth in, the, in Exhibit A of this motion, the zone administrator shall refer such complaints to the commission after which it may hold a public hearing on the matter to consider revocation of this authorization. Uh, good afternoon. My name is David Blumenfeld from Ocean Gardens Homeowners Association. And one of the major concerns outside of traffic and pedestrian safety is the uh, hours of operation. So the proposal is from 5 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. While it seems the permitted hours of operation are from 6 a.m. 
6 a.m. is is in in my opinion too early, and and 5 a.m. Um, is way too early. And even now, the clinic operates outside the hours it's supposed to. Several mornings each week, I uh, hear the vans pulling up. Sometimes even even prior to 4:30 in the morning, and the vans sit in front of the clinic and idle diesel engines for for long periods of time. So if they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing now, what assurances do we have um, that they will operate only as permitted if approved? Um, I'm also concerned about the proposal for a temporary generator that was mentioned in the detail of the project. I don't know why that would be necessary, but it would certainly be another noise issue. And I would ask that the commission um, reconsider the recommendation for approval and make sure that everything is in order and all questions and issues are dealt with in writing prior to a commission vote on this matter. Thank you. Okay, members of the public, last call for public comment. If you'd like to speak to this matter, you need to press star then three. Seeing no additional request to speak, commissioners, public comment is closed and the matter is now before you. Yeah, before I go to the other commissioners, just had a question for project sponsor. Uh, how how do you plan on addressing uh, specifically the, the loud noises coming out of the vehicles if they're reversing, backing up uh, at such early of an hour? Yeah, speak about this. Unfortunately, the, um, the, the backup noise or the backup sound is um, part of a regulation that they, they have to have the backup, the beeping when they back up. Um, one of the thoughts is that with the expanded uh, area to park, that there will be less need to, uh, to do the backing up because the vehicles can space out a little bit better and be able to pull in and then pull back out. So that was the thought is that by creating additional space, perhaps that issue is mitigated somewhat. Commissioner Fon. Question for staff. Uh, Mr. Horn, you mentioned the hiring of an engineer uh, and that there has been another discussion with the MTA. Where is that application? Uh, Jeff Horn, playing staff. Yeah. Application, you mean some sort of um, permit for a review within MTA? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so uh, that actually would be part of the permits review uh, post entitlement by the commission. Um, a lot of the conversations the sponsors having right now with act actively, actively engaging with Public Works and SFMTA, it, typically most projects kind of get into these discussions post-entitlement um, due to the and concern of the traffic at this facility, uh, the sponsors started having those conversations up front with those other state, or sorry, um, city departments. So the permit that is on file with the project would post leaving planning department, then move on to review part of the plan check review with those um, agencies. Uh, at that time, the agencies, when we got to, or they got to a point of a design being supported, 
any other permits that would need, be needed would be requested at that time, be it um, some sort of encroachment permit, permit or maybe uh, what sidewalk legislation to make alterations to the sidewalk. Um, so all of those uh, separate applications would happen at a later date during the permits review. And are you aware of any uh, uh, comments being made by those other agencies in these early meetings? Are they really supportive or are they killing it? Uh... At um, last Thursday's meeting, I explicitly uh, asked the um, senior transportation planner of MTA, do you support you know, this potential design in this project? And the ans answer was yes, and that we are at a details level, which is what um, the intent of that site visit would be, is to get kind of a fine grain details of some geometries and what's actually on the ground out there for the engineer and um, MTA to better understand what needs to be altered. But overall, uh, and this is, was initially stated in the SDAT letter back in June that um, MTA was in support of, of a project at this location, the proposal. And since the sidewalk is under also DPW, what did they say anything? I mean, they've been involved in many of these conversations, uh, specifically the uh, manager, the curb coloring manager. Um, and overall, the, it's been a, you know, a level uh, involvement in support of finding a resolution to the project. So as I understand it, both agencies find, think that there is a solution to be made um, and are somewhat fairly happy with the the proposal as presented to them, with the, which is a, a separate um, bowl bin, which kind of allows that OCA, the light standard that supports the mini line to stay in place, where I believe the proposal the commission saw back in October was an expansion of the existing loading area, which that resulted in a potential relocation of that muni guide wire. Which probably would have made the uh, loading unloading process with vans probably have been a little bit easier without that bulb out. Uh, the, the existing one or? No, the one where that light standard was occurring. Right, it would just be, it would have been a continuation one long. Um, yeah, okay. Loading station, which uh, just as a reminder, the the new entrance to the building, to the facility will be at the corner, which happens to be closer to where the existing loading, um, loading yeah. zone currently Understood. is. Understood. Commissioner Imperial. I am baffled with the um, operation hours because um, it says, uh, it's, you know, the operation hours will be at five or the um, drive um, driveway off DLOP will start at 5 a.m. or is and then the operation seems to be starts at 6 a.m. So in that one hour interval, I'm assuming the patients will be parking or hanging out um, while the operate while the clinic is still not open yet. Um, I'm baffled by that um, rationale. Um, Mr. Horn, if there's something, um, can you explain that further? I think there may be some confusion. The sponsor is seeking to 
begin any all operations, so seeing patients at 5 a.m. Um, the, the Ocean Avenue uh, commercial districts um, permitted hours of use are 6 a.m. to 2 a.m. So the sponsor is seeking conditional use from the commission to start operations at that 5 a.m., so that extra hour of morning operations. I see. Um, well, I'd like to hear other commissioners' opinion on this. Um, I understand the 5 a.m. sounds like it's to avoid the traffic, but it also creating, uh, it can or it may create more noise to the, to the residents, surrounding residents as well. Um, yeah, I would like to hear other commissioners on opinion on that. Um, in terms of the, um, the conditions that being, um, being presented to us by the staff, um, you know, in terms of the six months evaluation um, and having a report back on the traffic and loading and you're recommending installation of chairs as well, um, right, Mr. Horn? That is, these are, those are the conditions as recommended by Supervisor Yi. Uh, these mm -hmm. staffs, um, uh, language that staff feels would be uh, better, could serve to implement the spirit of these conditions, but in a way that we feel could be uh, implemented by the department. So um, that was our, that, so to kind of find a way to control patient care. Um, that condition's written under immediate approval would be 24 years, which is what the existing facility next door has. Um, and seeking um, kind of a release by the planning commission at a future date for that additional uh, 12 chairs that the sponsor is seeking. Um, those are obviously numbers that could be modified by the commission if you guys, uh, if the commission chooses to um, adopt that condition and then see if it needs to be modified further phasing maybe at every six chairs or more to begin with that could also be modified. I see. I'm, I'm okay with the, you know, um, as being proposed by Supervisor Yi, I think when we have the evaluation comes back, I think that's when we can also see whether that's a good facing um, or reduce it or add more. Um, but I'd like to hear other what Commissioner says, especially on the operation hours. Commissioner Diamond. Uh, yes, I have a question for the project sponsor. Um, I'd like them to comment on the staff's proposed language with uh, regarding phasing and limiting the chairs 24 to begin with. Could you please comment on how that might affect your operations? Sorry, my, my audio broke up a little bit there. I think I understood the question to be how would the phasing uh, affect the operations? The, the phasing of the, the patients? Yes. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, and your business and your business model and the financial viability of the operation. Yeah, so so I'm um, with the architecture firm that, that designed the uh, interior tenant improvement, so I, I can't speak too much to the business model, but um, I know that, that talking with them, their anticipated growth or what is typical growth over uh, net growth for a year is 4%. Um, so you're talking about a few patients, um, maybe six to eight patients uh, over a year, year to year. Um, so they're, they're moving into a bigger space. Um, I think this is going to allow a lot of flexibility, uh, having some more chairs, but I don't think that the, um, the idea is necessarily that they're going to rush in 50% more patients in the first year. I, that's not part of the business model. 
it is are any of the business people for the operation online or is it just you the architect it's just just me unfortunately with this remote system i'm not able to share the the link so i think we're kind of uh, constrained by that okay so commissioners here are my thoughts so far is um I am in favor of all of the uh, conditions as drafted by staff to implement uh, Supervisor Yee's suggestions, um, except for this phasing um, operation. The concept is generally okay with me in the absence of hearing anything you know, to the contrary by the business people, but they are moving into large, larger space. So I don't know that we should limit them to the same number of chairs as they currently have. I would be open to perhaps starting with 30 chairs, but I'm just picking a random number. So I would be interested in other commissioners' thoughts. Um, the other conditions are all fine with me. Um, and I am very much opposed to the 5 a.m. start time. I believe that is inconsistent with a multi-use facility or, or a building that has residential above. And I would absolutely not be in favor of granting the conditional use that would allow them to start an hour earlier than the neighborhood district already permits. Commissioner Fung. You know, this... This project, uh, it seems like every meeting, there's always questions. And even those questions that were raised earlier, the responses uh, are not very well done. They're not very specific. Uh, as an example, if you want to make the position that the existing garage cannot handle it, what they showed uh, in terms of that cartoon little section is not something a professional would do to put that issue away that it can or cannot, that it cannot be handled. Similarly, then, it, it, it appears that both in terms of the opposition to the phased uh, uh, capacity issue and the hours of operation seem to be driven by their ability to get more patients through on a business day. Uh, I would be supportive in general of this particular use, but I think that the ability to see whether they're really interested in mitigating some of their impacts uh, would need to be demonstrated uh, over their course of their operations. I would support uh, opening hours of 7 a.m. Uh, and, and the phased uh, occupancy uh, as proposed by the supervisor in addition to the other uh, conditions as proposed. Commissioner Chan. Thank you, President Koppel. Um, I have a question for planning staff. Could you explain where the 24 medical treatment chairs number came from in drafting the language? Hi, Jeff Horn, planning staff. Um, the number 24 is coming from the intent of the Supervisors uh, rec recommended condition to 
have the existing level of operations um, be approved. And then um, part of that is to see if the traffic improvements that are can, can handle the existing conditions. Um, so the 24 chairs is to be to what the current facility next door has, which is 24 um, seats or 24 uh, procedure stations. Okay, thank you. you. You cut a little bit. So I just want to confirm, you mentioned that it is to match the current neighboring facility that has 24 medical chairs. That's correct. Yeah, that's the amount of chairs the existing facility has. Okay, thank you. I just wanted to kind of understand that number and if we do adjust it, kind of um, what rationale we would use. Um, so fellow commissioners here, my thoughts, you know, I do recognize this is a life-saving facility and use. It's been, um, you know, this is a complicated location for this type of operation. And I do think we want to recognize that this is a mixed commercial residential area. We hear there are units uh, right above and you have this kind of transit rich area as well. So I do think this site requires, you know, a little bit more sensitivity to context. Um, so I'm on board with uh, Supervisor Yee's office recommendations and the department's proposed language for the conditions of approval. Um, so that includes a driveway loading, an operation plan, the community liaison, um, the phasing of the, the medical treatment chairs and the kind of six month and one year report back. Um, as for the hours of operation, I am supportive of you know a 6 a.m. start time. I think if other commissioners feel strongly about a 7 a.m. start time, I could also be open to that. But I also just wanna understand um, kind of the potential traffic impacts if we do start pushing it towards the, the morning rush hour. Commissioner Tanner. I wanna just um, echo a few comments that other commissioners have made. I also support the 6 a.m. start time, which is consistent with the neighborhood commercial district that the um, facility would be located in. I am interested in Commissioner Diamond's idea to perhaps maybe there's some number that's greater than 24, but less than the overall growth that's sought that would recognize that by enabling this um, this action and this project, we are, you know, enabling growth of the facility. Um, and so whether it's, you know, six chairs now or five that are part of the growth. Um, and then when we do have the six month and one year check-ins and then the ability to apply for further growth um, based on those check-ins. So I think there is sufficient pressure on the applicant to encourage them to implement all of the things that they are saying they're going to implement, um, you know, to work with, um, folks who are visiting and with their, their clients even um, to continue to have good operations and to, to make sure that we do see demonstrated changes um, here in this area. And other than that, I do agree with all the other conditions that are supported that implement um, President Yee's, um, Yee's suggestions and uh, ways to mitigate some of the challenges of this uh, site at, or this facility at this location. Thank you. Commissioner Moore. In, in one sentence, I am in support of uh, President Yee's recommendations and the majority of what the commission is supporting with an emphasis on starting at six. Is that a motion? That's a motion. Second. Uh, President Koppel, uh, this is Kate Stacy in the San Francisco City Attorney's Office. If the commission is going to consider phasing um, an approval here, I recommend that we 
clarify what that condition means by using the words may seek authorization. If that means it could be interpreted to mean that the applicant would have to seek a new conditional use permit application or if the commission's intent is to allow those 12 additional chairs or whatever the additional chairs would be to try to set up some objective standards so that um, it wouldn't go through a whole new conditional use permit process. It's just not crystal clear the way it's drafted right now. Thank you very much for that guidance. That makes uh, a lot of sense. Is uh, Commissioner Moore going to be okay with adjusting her motion? Uh, yes, yes, I am. Well, so there, so I believe City Attorney Stacy is is providing two alternatives. One is to uh, authorize uh, up to a certain number of chairs, and then require that the applicant come back for the additional chairs, a separate conditional use authorization or as she's mentioned, is to sort of create certain object objective standards or thresholds that must be met in order for them to be able to um, increase the number of chairs. If I'm misstating that, City Attorney Stacy, please correct me if I'm wrong, but we will need some specific language to be, to amend the conditions of approval in um, either, either case. Uh, Mr. Horn had outlined actually a preference for going by performance criteria rather than coming back as a new uh, uh, request. Is that correct, Mr. Horn? This is uh, Jeff Horn's staff. Yes, yeah, so the intent, and I think what um, the city attorney is pointing to is the use of the word authorization from the commission as um, the trigger to release the new, um, the, any additional chairs. Uh, by that, I did not, the intention was not for a new application of conditional use authorization, but uh, authorization as in hearing uh, the report back and making a determination on that report back. So I don't know if I need guidance from the city attorney if that is the language that should be modified or if something that is more of a, um, of a plan or report or some sort of criteria should be the, um, the standard that the uh, release of additional um, chairs could be based off of. And if if that is that, this is Kate Stacy in the city attorney's office again. If that's the commission's intent, um, then I would say that um, uh, one year after the beginning of operations, the project sponsor may add twelve additional medical treatment chairs pending implementation of the traffic control programs and some sort of verification that those traffic control plans and elements are working. I don't know if that would be a verification from SFMTA or if the um, planning staff, <clears throat> I guess maybe one option might be for the planning staff to verify with the appropriate city agencies, SFMTA, maybe Public Works, that the traffic um, control plan is working um, effectively and that you planning staff would confirm that for the commission at a public hearing. 
Does that does that sound like uh, what the commission intends, or are you looking for more planning commission input on that determination? This would be a question to readdress to the other commissioners. I personally do not, but uh, perhaps other people do want to weigh in on that question because it would then still modify the motion further. So if I heard that correct, um, City Attorney Stacy, is that the proposed amendment would be to add the condition that after one year, the facility may add 12 additional chairs pending verification by staff um, that the transportation plan is effective um, and reported to the commission at an informational update hearing. Yes, that's correct. Uh, I Rather than pending, I might say provided that um, sure. The traffic measures are implemented and um, planning staff in consultation with other these two other city agencies have determined that the traffic implementation measures are effective. Commissioner Tanner. That sounds amenable to me. Vice President Moore, did you say that you were not in agreement with those? Um, no, no, I am. I am. Oh, okay. I, I just want to start Yes, I am. Sounds amenable to me as well. Uh, I'm with you, Commissioner Tanner. Uh, Commissioner Diamond. I'm also amenable to that. Okay, Commissioners, then if there's nothing further, there is a motion that has been seconded to approve this matter with conditions um, as uh, submitted by staff, including Supervisor Yee's um, conditions. And I did hear that the maker of the motion was um, restricting the start time to 6 a.m. That's correct. Uh, and that the increase or the, the, the facility may increase the number of chairs by 12 Correct. after one year and verification provided that um, the staff is verified with other agencies that the transportation plan is effective um, and an informational update presented to this commission on that motion commissioner tanner aye commissioner chan aye Commissioner Diamond? Aye. Commissioner Fung? Aye. Commissioner Imperial? Aye. Commissioner Moore? Aye. And Commission President Koppel? Aye. So moved, Commissioners. That motion passes unanimously seven to zero. Commissioners, that will place us under your discretionary review calendar for your final item uh, of 2020. Item number 14, case number 2020-008598, DRP 3340-3342 through 3342 Gary Boulevard, a discretionary review. Mr. Winslow, are you prepared to make your presentation? Uh, yes, I am. However, I believe Commissioner Diamond wanted to make a request. Yeah, let's uh, go ahead and call on Commissioner Diamond. 
Uh, commissioners, with your approval, I would like to recuse myself from this item because I uh, live in a house that I own that is less than 500 feet from the site of this project. I will entertain a motion to recuse Commissioner Diamond. Move to recuse Commissioner Diamond from this item. Second. Thank you, Commissioners. On that motion to recuse Commissioner Diamond, Commissioner Tanner. Aye. Commissioner Chan. Aye. Commissioner Diamond. Aye. Commissioner Fung. Aye. Commissioner Imperial. Aye. Commissioner Moore. Aye. And Commission President Koppel. Aye. So moved, Commissioners. Commissioner Diamond, you are hereby recused. Mr. Winslow, the floor is yours. Very good. Thank you. Can you hear me all right? Yes, we can. Okay. Good afternoon, President Koppel, Vice President Moore, and Commissioners David Winslow, Staff Architect. The item before you is a request, public request for discretionary review of Building Permit 2020.0819.298 as a revision to Permit 2019.0628.4655 to document two existing parking spaces um, in the rear of the property for use of residents only at the address of 3030, I'm sorry, 3340 to 3342 Cary Boulevard. No construction work is proposed. A Board of Appeals hearing brought uh, to light an unpermitted storage shed also in the rear yard and missing information regarding a site vicinity map where um, information was incorrectly noted or missing. Therefore, the planning department requested the permit be suspended to allow time for the project sponsor to correct the plans. A new permit application uh, was submitted to correct these issues. Um, the permit, excuse me, the DR requester is Ya Jen Fu representing Far Five Stars Investment, owners of the adjacent property to the east of the project. And they're concerned that um, no correction to the site vicinity maps have been made, no plans adequately depict the existing conditions, uh, including a fence along the shared property line, and the application does not show access to the rear yard. There is no access to the rear yard and therefore the parking. There have been no uh, letters of support or opposition to this proposal. The Planning Department's review of this proposed Proposal confirmed support for the project as this permit is intended to correct an existing non-complying structure by demolishing a shed and to document an existing code conforming condition. For planning code section 151.1, the maximum number of allowed on-site accessory parking spaces for a two-unit building is three. Parking is allowed in the rear yard of an NC uh, in the NC Gary Boulevard neighborhood commercial district. Staff visited the site and determined that the existing garage at the front of the property can accommodate only one parking space. The project sponsor asserts that access to the rear yard has been historically allowed by use of an easement along the adjacent property line, uh, property side alley. Where a legal access easement exists is a civil matter beyond the means of the planning department to determine or um, enforce and should not prejudice the allowed use of the property. However, it also may be worth notice, noting that the presence of utility meters and what appears to be an egress stair, which exits only to the uh, side alley, 
of the adjacent property suggests some kind of historical uh, mutual use. This concludes my presentation, uh, and I will turn it over to the project, or the, I'm sorry, the DR requester. Thank you. Okay, sorry, I need to find the DR requester. Mr. Connolly, you have three minutes for your DR presentation. Thank you very much. Uh, can you hear me? We can. Very good. Uh, good afternoon, distinguished commissioners. I'm Patrick Connolly of Utrecht and Linven here on behalf of the DR requester. Um, as you heard, the DR requester owns the adjacent property to the east uh, of the subject property. Um, for the last item on the calendar, this is a strange one. Um, the DR request challenges the application for rear yard parking. There's no vehicular access to the rear yard. Um, there was a, a fence constructed on the property line before the permit was applied for. Um, and we understand that the permit was applied for in response to the construction of the fence. So there's no vehicular access to the rear yard on the subject property, which is presumably the purpose of the uh, permit application for rear yard parking. So what is the point of the application, of the permit application? Uh, it's frankly to gain a litigation advantage um, uh, because there are disputes between the, uh, the, uh, the parties. It's not for uh, the purpose that they're asking. It's not to actually have parking in the backyard because they're unable to gain vehicular access to the rear yard given, um, given the fence. Um, so the property owner is seeking to use the planning department to gain a uh, litigation advantage, not for the use the application seeks. Um, this was previously before the um, uh, Board of Appeals on a jurisdiction request, and many members of the Board of Appeals were perplexed at how the planning department could issue a permit for rear yard parking when there was no actual vehicular access. Uh, we remain similarly uh, perplexed on that uh, point. Uh, the other issue um, is that uh, the site vicinity map was supposed to be updated per zoning administrator Sanchez's uh, revocation letter, um, but uh, in the materials that were provided to us, we don't see that that, um, that site vicinity map was actually updated, and we don't see anything in the application showing the existing uh, fence. Um, this... So thank you for your consideration of this matter, and I'm happy to answer any questions that you uh, may have. Uh, that was not your time yet. You still have another 20 seconds. Oh, uh, that's okay. Okay, very good. Thank you. Um, we should hear from the project sponsor. Project sponsor, you have three minutes. Hello, can you hear me? We can, and your slides are up. Thank you. Uh, good afternoon, commissioners and planning department staff. Uh, I'm here representing Mr. Jalali. My name is Daryl Yorkie of uh, Law Offices of Daryl Yorkie. 
Um, Mr. Jalali is uh, seeking a permit to establish to confirm his right to park on his property so that his longstanding use of certain portions of, of his property that he's used for vehicle parking is formally recognized. I, 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 I do understand that um, um, Mr. Uh, Winslow has um, uh, expressed uh, the legal basis for uh, Mr. Jalali's uh, claim for parking at the rear under Section 151 of the Planning Code. Um, in, in that sense, Mr. Jalali's permit request falls within this within the maximum ceiling that's allowed on the property, and therefore his permit request is more ministerial than discretionary in nature. Um, for the for the sake of clarity, Mr. Jalali's property and the property next to it have been in litigation regarding um, an easement for use uh, between the two properties. There is, or has been, a shared driveway on the property, and that has pre-existed. Uh, the separation of these two uh, parcels from the original owner. Uh, Mr. Jalali's property has always had access to this, um, this, this, this shared driveway, and, and he is currently seeking a prescriptive easement. Um, this property, um, and, and my, my, my opponent here has, has stated that a uh, fence has been built on the property primarily to try to exclude uh, Mr. Jalali and exerting his rights over this property for which he has for which he has used for the last 20 years and probably has been used by property owners of Mr. Jalali's property for close to 100 years. Um, Mr. Winslow is also very correct in saying that there is an egress uh, ingress egress that exits only to that uh, shared driveway and that is an emergency exit to the property. Um, uh, although uh, the use of um, the driveway pre-existed uh, the subdivision of the properties and easement was never recorded. Um, use of the private driveway is now subject to litigation. As for this reason, five stars would have you believe that exceptional or extraordinary circumstances are present here that might necessitate discretionary review when it doesn't. Um, so with that said, there, there's really no exceptional or extraordinary circumstances in, involved in this matter or Mr. Jolly's permit review. The use for which uh, the application has been submitted is permitted by planning code and requires no permit be issued for, for use of this kind and seeks only to formalize ongoing and longstanding use of those portions of the property. And for that reason, Mr. Jolly respectfully requests that his permit application uh, be approved. Okay, you've got about 15 more seconds. But I'll that those. Great, thank you. If that concludes project sponsor's presentation, we should now open it up for public comment. Members of the public, this is your opportunity to address this matter before the commission by pressing star and three to be entered into the queue. I see no members of the public. Oh, take that back, there are a few. Okay, members of the public, you have one minute. Okay. Hello, um, this is Jonathan Randolph. I didn't, don't really have a comment about the DR, but I was curious about the um, packet which noted that the shed is needs to be removed because it is too high, but uh, because it, it says it's, you know, over eight feet. But when I look at the uh, San Francisco Building Code Administration, it says no permit is required for any 10 foot by 10 foot shed if it is one story tall, which this shed appears to be since it says it's under 10 feet tall. So I don't know where the, you know, where the eight foot height comes in. Um, anyway, that's just a question. Thanks, bye.
go ahead, caller. Hi, my name is Grace Johnson, and I reside in 3340, and I support the issuing of the permit. There are no exceptional or extraordinary circumstances involving this permit, and it should be uh, honored. Thank you. Thank you. Members of the public, last call for public comment on this matter. A star then three to be recognized. Okay, commissioners, I see no additional members of the public requesting to speak. We should hear from the DR requester for a two minute rebuttal. Commissioners, the, you, you haven't heard any um, uh, anything to dispute the fact that um, there, there was no actual vehicular access to the rear yard possible at the time the permit was applied for. Um, there was an existing fence on the property line, which is exhibit two to the DR application um uh where you can clearly see the um the fence and so this this permit if granted would not allow cars to park in the rear yard because there is no vehicular access um the the construction of the fence or the long standing as as they refer to it use um is part of litigation um, and, uh, and we maintain that there is no easement. Um, uh, there was um, hostile use for less than the requisite period of time. Um, and that use was ended by the construction of the fence uh, before the time ran. So from a civil legal perspective, uh, to the extent that it matters to you, we deny that there's um, uh, an easement for this use. So there is no way to park in the backyard. This permit has no use other than for litigation advantage purposes and the planning department should not be used for such purposes. Okay, if that concludes your rebuttal, uh, Mr. Yorkie, um, you have two minutes. Thank you. Um, th this uh, permit application is not for the purpose of um, litigation advantage. It, it merely is trying to confirm the rights that Mr. Jalali has enjoyed for many years. Um, the the what I, I can't recall my opponent's name, but um, he, he referred to the fact that uh, there is no vehicular access. That may be true now. But there is a vehicle in the backyard currently of Mr. Jalali's property and has been since it was enclosed in that property by this fence. This fence is solely for the purpose of litigation advantage to claim that Mr. Jalali has no right or access to his backyard, which he enjoyed up until this point. His vehicle is now enclosed and cannot be removed. The fact that the vehicle is there would suggest that there has always been access to his backyard. This this alley has existed from the time that these, these buildings were constructed, probably almost 100 years ago. Thank you. Great, thank you. That concludes your rebuttal. Commissioners, 
The public hearing portion of this matter is closed and it is now before you. Commissioner Tanner. Just had a question for staff. If there were a recorded easement, which is, does not exist for this property, would we be able to verify that this use of the parking would be allowed under our planning code or would that not be relevant for the way the site is constructed? So if we bring the answer to that question in, the, the allowed use, uh, the parking in the rear yard isn't allowed use. The question is whether or not one can get to it. That's beyond our means. In other words, um, the no access question is a matter that's to be determined at a future date in another location, another jurisdiction, but it's not a function or a ma matter to be decided by land use controls. If there's a private no, I, or I understand a, yeah. yeah, I understand so it's not decided by us. I'm just trying to understand because, you know, I concur and I'll concur with staff recommendation on this, but just to understand, um, you know, in situations where you have, a, I guess, a landlocked property, if they had, you know, a, a legal a right to cross the property to park and that was compliant with the code, you know, if that would be allowed, I'm assuming, but this case, that, that matter, that question has not been answered. And as you said, it will be in another venue. And so we really, um, it's not, not something we can take into consideration for this discussion. That's my understanding, yeah. Thank you. I would move the staff recommendation. Second. Are you not okay. okay. Seeing no other commissioner comments, there is a motion that has been seconded to not take discretionary review and approve. On that motion, Commissioner Tanner. Aye. Commissioner Cham. Aye. Commissioner, Do excuse me, Commissioner Fung. Aye. Commissioner Imperial. Aye. Commissioner Moore. Aye. And Commissioner President Koppel. Aye. So moved, Commissioners. A motion passes unanimously six to zero and concludes your hearings for 2020. Happy holidays. Indeed. Yeah, you, you all. Yeah, I should have received an updated invite. So, yeah. see you Thank soon. You. Bye.